coming towards us. Oh my god, he has a gun. Don't move. I want your money and your car keys. Okay. We're not going to do anything, okay? We're going to cooperate. Just tell me what you want us to do. You're welcome to everything I have. If there's anything else I could do for you, maybe I could write you a check. Okay, I could give you my phone number. You know, I might be able to help you. Even more than you might think. He's a sociology major. Pre-law. If you describe yourself as a pre-law major, you get what you deserve. This is... <laughs> I had two spoilers. I had that, because I don't like people who describe themselves as pre-anything majors. And I had, what's the one thing we know about Zodiac? He listens to spoilers! <laughs> And Josh wouldn't give me feedback on either. But hey, everybody, this is Pappy recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan, doing another Patreon request episode. This one's from Brandon Consino, which risky move letting us use your first and last name, Brandon, knowing that the Zodiac listens to this podcast. Um, but he left us a note. He said um, just some nice things. But he also said, if you guys ever want to do a movie trivia heavy episode again, that would be dope. And he had an opening question for us. He gave us a couple choices. We picked Zodiac, um, but his opening question, not really related to the movie, but who do you think will have a more legendary career at the end of their run? Christopher Nolan or Denis Villeneuve? So we'll go east to west, or west to east, asking our host these questions. Corey, we'll start with you. Who do you think is going to have a more legendary run? More legendary run. This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. The heavy movie trivia guy, by the way, mm. for the record. And debate moderator. My trivia is going 30 minutes at least. <laughs> uh, so who's going to have a more legendary run? I mean, it's hard to predict, but I think the edge goes to Nolan for having a major comic book uh, character movie that was really good, or a series of movies in his case. Uh, they're both great, obviously, but... I think that gives um, that's going to give Nolan something that Denny might never pursue in that same way, and therefore, like general audiences might um, uh, just get, might give the edge to Nolan. I do want to also say, Corey, you moderated a debate on your podcast that I was featured on, where I beat down your co-host Steve pretty thoroughly and viciously. Um, will that probably be out by the time this episode's out? Do you think? Yeah, I think so, and uh, I really hope the audience can listen and decide on their own if they think it was Pappy or Steve that came out on top. Uh, Pappy, I'll say this. You certainly had the confidence. I would say this. Just open up the YouTube video and write the word Pappy and close it after playing it for two seconds. That's all you really need to do, good <laughs> listeners. But Mikey... Yeah, review bomb. <laughs> Nolan or Villeneuve? Whoa. Oh, no. Mikey. Mikey, if you're speaking, the cable's shorting out. Should we come back to Mikey? Oh, dear. That's what it sounds like when a spoiler (laughs) man dies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Baba. 
Ooh. Josh. Nolan or Villeneuve? Uh, Corey kind of took what I was going to say. That is just such a major entity in branding that it's going to be hard to get around the the fact that Nolan has a history with the Batman. Um, that said, I like Denise Villeneuve a bit more. Um, and as far as I know, his family is way less murderous, too. So, what? Who did Nolan's family murder? He's French. He's a. He doesn't believe in violence, probably. <laughs> what are you talking about? Did Chris Nolan murder someone? Yeah. What? What goes on here? You're going to drop that and not say any facts you have in the background? I think the Zodiac is related to Nolan, is what he's saying. <laughs> no, no, no. Is Christopher Nolan's brother not the one who's, like, a major criminal? Jonathan Nolan or whatever? No, this other brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his other brother, I think, definitely killed somebody. <laughs> his other brother not, from another not Jonathan. mother? <laughs> the one that's not talented. No wonder he killed people. Gosh, I, Pap, we've talked about that before. And then you, like, gave me the silent treatment, so I was like, am I wrong on this? But I think... Yeah, I think he has a murder in the family, which makes his career all the more epic. It's like a classic <laughs> Hollywood thing. Is this alleged or convicted murder? Uh, I, think he's been, I think he's been pretty much convicted of that. But I, I mean, I'm pretty double, much convicted. I'm double check <laughs> on that. Well, while you double check, Brett, speaking of brothers, we have brother Jordan returning to the podcast for Zodiac. <laughs> jo- Jordan, same question to you, and, and welcome back to Spoilers. This is the Jodiac speaking. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's good to good to hear you guys again. Um, this is Jordan from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um, I I agree with Josh. I like Denny better. I think Christopher Nolan has a, I, you know, he's got more high profile movies. Um, I think he's gone a little off his rocker recently, though. The stuff that he's made. I don't know. Maybe it's just the most recent one. What is the one that's uh, Tenet is just like it's too much, and I, I wonder if that too much turn for people your, off. your little wimpy my French tiny little brain. brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's it's it is too much. I I don't know how like mass audiences claim to understand, but whatever. Maybe I'm just tiny brain. No like one Brett understands said. it. It's provocative. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brett, are you prepared? And same question to you, obviously. But are you prepared to announce the Jodiac punishment movie from our Oscar Pickham show <laughs> on this very episode? It's been a long time coming. Well, yeah. Apparently, it was decided without me, but that's it's okay. What? That works. That actually works. So it made it a lot easier. I was stressing about it. So no, I want Brett to choose. No, it's okay. I was going to have you pick. A bad movie from one of our kings, but I think we should. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be I fun. I want to hand it on from on high. If we do signs because that's what everyone wanted. All right, let's go. <laughs> but I need to warn you. I think that's an awesome movie. So uh, hell yeah! I can't wait. I haven't watched it in eighteen years. <laughs> Jordan, was I not in the back seat with you as we drove back from signs, and you were just looking with big wet eyes into the cornfield? waiting <laughs> dude i've i've deleted a lot Jordan of those memories 10? from my brain i when dude. when was it released <laughs> mid mid 2000s right 2004 i feel like it was 2002 know, late wow. elementary school or something yeah you would have been like 11 or 12 i thought we saw it with the conrads but maybe i'm mistaken joe i don't remember mikey are you back yeah you got me yeah mikey yeah mikey Woo! 
Nolan or Villeneuve for you? Uh, probably just Nolan because Villeneuve is more difficult to pronounce. So, <laughs> kind of usually how it goes. But you're a true American, Good old Denny. <laughs> Dennis Vel- Villeneuve. I- I'm gonna. I didn't answer the question. I'll say Villeneuve because I think he's more likely to win an Oscar and maybe even potentially multiple Oscars. I, I feel like mm. the Academy doesn't usually award genre stuff like Christopher Nolan tends to make. And, and I think if Denny had the Oscar <laughs> with him, there'd be a good chance for that. Um, but I think that's everybody. Just once again, Brandon, thank you for Except happy. Except for me, who is just oh, arguing sorry. that the Oscars are meaningless on the debate, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said what I needed to to win, to, to thoroughly smoke Steve in that debate. And I did a great job. But Brett, sorry, I didn't mean to skip you there. Uh, what, who, who, do you, who would you pick? I'm guessing Nolan, right? What was the question? Like the actual wording? The wording is, who do you think will have a more legendary career at the end of their run? Nolan or Villeneuve? Okay, so I was looking through some of Villeneuve's movies, and actually every single one of them I've watched has been, like, really good. But this is, I don't think it's just, this isn't close to me. Um, I mean, I also give credence to directors who also write and uh, write majority of their stuff. And Villeneuve has written some French movies and is going to take a shot at Dune. But, I I mean, Nolan's already had about eight or nine classics that he wrote and directed. And if Villeneuve even gets... I I mean, I don't even know if he could go the rest of his career and get to eight or nine classics. Um, Again, I like his style a lot. Um the style is like depressing and you know, you want to like Zodiac yourself, but like this isn't close to me. And I'm just surprised uh, that it's been like that, but it's whatever it's, it's all personal preference. If Dune blows up. I think it could get much closer, but I, I agree with Brett. I don't know that it's that close right now. Dune's not going to get a sequel. So it's yeah. going to have yeah. no chance to, <laughs> to like progress yeah, I any farther. It I mean, sucks. Dune bombed in 80 or whenever that was. I mean, it's got a niche people who like the book. It's like a nerd book, right? No offense. Well, so are like all comic books. And this is only going to be, what, one one half or one third of a trilogy or something? It's not even a whole thought out story. I'd rather see uh, something that failed in the 80s come back now rather than like, like, the, <laughs> That's true. like the Hulk. The Hulk failed in the 80s. Painted on, or maybe that was late seventies, but it was terrible. Well, now no, the Hulk's but it was, po- Mark it was popular. It looked bad, but it was that was a popular show. But yeah, <laughs> well, like Transformers, it doesn't need to come back. Jordan, we're glad you came back to spoilers, and I want to ask you. This is a question. <laughs> oh my god, it's hey. music to my ears. <laughs> um, we ask this question sometimes. I've heard it also asked on Big Dumb Movie, but I think it's an interesting question for a movie like this. How would you describe Zodiac, Jodiac, to someone who's never seen it before? Uh, hmm. Well, sorry, can I ask another question first? Please do. Who stole the train whistle? Because that <laughs> was not fucking me. <laughs> oh. Damn it. Whoa! Whoa! Oh, man, I thought that was Toad. <laughs> It was a train whistle from a grassy knoll. Can you spam a couple of soundboard things, Mikey, real quick? Just what do you have on there? Let's go. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) You got another one? 
face. <laughs> Love to hear it. <laughs> well, now that that mystery is solved, Jordan, if someone if someone's like, "Hey, I heard about this movie Zodiac. Have you seen it?" How would you describe it to that person? I would describe it as a almost like a conspiracy movie, but also a like a guy trying to solve them. A couple of cops trying to solve a murder and a guy goes crazy in the process, kind of. Because I think that's like the thing that I've picked up on more and more as I've gotten older and watched it is like Jake Gyllenhaal's descent into madness, kind of, and kind of throwing away his family and everything. So I think that's a big component of it. But it is, I, I would say, like a conspiracy murder mystery. It definitely evolves as it goes on, right? Like the end of yeah. Zodiac's a very different m- movie than the beginning of Zodiac. Josh, do you like these opening murders that we get? There's, I think there's at least two or three in the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie. What a trap question. Do I like these murders? <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you're a sick freak. <laughs> <laughs> that are accurate, accurately portrayed as they happen in real life. In a lot of ways. I mean, you were making fun of your Bueva for being scared of signs. I remember you being pretty scared of these a couple of these murder scenes when we talked about Zodiac. This is the first time I've watched Zodiac, so it was really fun to see for the first time. But I had seen, I think, all of the murder scenes in my YouTube quests, and uh, sometimes it was in the context of like, here's just like a big playlist of scary movie scenes to watch. But other times it was like, here's how David Fincher uses visual effects in his movies. And it would include a lot of the scenes from Zodiac. So unfortunately, maybe I wasn't Hmm. super scared, but I can still harken back to the first times I've seen these scenes out of context. And almost all of them are terrifying. And the one at, is it Red Mountain or Red Canyon or something? That one is just the worst. The like Napa killings with the pre Napa County, yeah. the pre law guy who got what he deserved. Well, he lived. <laughs> you so. have my car and my phone number. <laughs> He's a sociology major. I might be able to help you. <laughs> Take my girlfriend too. <laughs> Can write you a check. Oh, he took her. <laughs> he took her life. That guy does handle uh, that incident very strangely. <laughs> <laughs> It's so terrible when he's like, everything's going to be okay. And it's like literally one of the most... Yeah, you're hogtied. I don't think everything's going to be okay. <laughs> it's, I think it's the screaming that does it for yeah. me in that scene. Like the way the actress screams. It's okay. It's all going to be okay. I want to know something, and, and whoever wants to answer this can answer this, except for Brett. How would you handle that situation if you were him? At what point, though? Can yeah, are we hogtied already? Well, like the, when the dude looks up, the guy's there with the gun in this crazy black outfit looking super scary. So I, I know Brett's always strapped, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd probably pee myself, to be honest. Like, I can say, like... Monday morning quarterback what I would have done but I would probably just cower in fear and get stabbed if he's got a gun pointed at you from like 10 feet away there's not much you can do I don't think yeah can I I won't answer it but can I can I give some some thing that is I guess you call it advice but it's just stuff 
that I shoot the hostage. Over. Is this new uh, <laughs> new segment on the pod? Survival tips from Brett. I love it. No, it, it's <laughs> not. It's kick. not. It's more like uh, I think everyone, and I do look at stuff like that, but everyone needs to have something that if it gets to a certain point, you will not do under any circumstance. And I know I've seen one person will say, I will comply up until this point. That's the answer. So so I've heard someone say, I'll comply up until I get tied up or I will never be taken to another location. And I think if you know that going into where your cutoff point is, then I think that'll help you. I mean, I don't think they had, I think complying up until that point was kind of their only option. But like when it comes to being tied up, you have to decide if that's what you're going to be willing to do or if it's time to uh, resist. Fight or flight. Exactly. I mean, obviously you can't flight. I mean, I, I mean, I maybe would have taken a, a run for the water. The water. Uh, bullets actually don't do very well uh, going into the water. There's a whole city under that lake, too, so they could just stay down there for forever. Yeah, they could get, get to a motel room down there. Brett's got some science on his side. There's a, yes. myth, there's a Mythbusters about this, too. He's correct. Brett, do you, do you have, like, an established thing? Do I? Uh, yeah. I, I guess I'd probably say tied up would be my thing, but, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to sound more, but I just think it's good advice, and it fits with the question that was asked, so I don't really know. Uh, I'd also be pretty scared i think in the moment so i might be mm-hmm. like that guy i don't know I, I again i think maybe taking off for the water or maybe bum rushing him you know it's a lot harder to shoot than you think and uh he was using a 22 i mean he, there's a reason why he, the first guy he ever shot he shot him in the head and the guy lived because that's a really weak bullet so i mean i wouldn't know that <laughs> but yeah why was he using a 22 it's the most it's the most Common, we see it all the time in our like little true crimes. Is twenty two? I don't know why they use it. It's cheap, cheap ammo. Uh, it's just crazy. And he's like, uh, I don't know why a navy guy. Uh, you should be military or whatever. I don't know. Maybe he's just out there to hurt people. Maybe, maybe that was his deal. Mm. I think Brett's right. Like, I think if this guy approaches you, you don't have much of a chance to live in this situation. So Corey, it's like. How do you want to go out? Hog tied up, getting stabbed in the back, or right. at least trying to make a move. And in hindsight, it's a lot easier to say trying to make a move, but I really do think that's a better option. And also, I don't want to get like too real or anything. I think we're doing fine right now. One is I'm a way more cautious person than that. Uh, I if you know if I was with Brittany and she's like, "There's a guy," I, my my hackles immediately go up. I'm I'm paying attention. This guy was the exact opposite of that. Plus, again, that this will be the last like real thing I say. Like, you know, when you're with someone like you love or whatever, I mean, I'm not going to go out like that. So, Brett, so she, Brittany tells you there's a guy over there. You're alone at this park. You pull out your piece and you go up to him Zodiac style. Or what? Oh, yeah. like, that's, a, that's a cute mask. Uh, I wonder what it looked like with a saucer-sized hole out of the back of your like head. Like a game. <laughs> Josh, I think you watched some of the same YouTube videos that I did to bring it back to, to Zodiac. And especially in these opening murder sequences and the shots of um, San Francisco, 
there's a lot of CG. Like CG is very heavy, heavily leveraged, and I I didn't notice yeah. it as much at the time. I think it still looks good to really good a lot of the times. Um, what, what did you think about the use of CG throughout the movie, though? It reminds me how in a serious man, the Coen Brothers like took the trees out of the neighborhood they're shooting in with CGI so that it would look like a young neighborhood. A lot of the CGI is done really tastefully, like on the edges to provide mood. Um, I mean, don't you think that's a correct characters- characterization? Like, it's very subtle. Do you think it held up well? Um, did you notice anything that didn't look as good? Maybe maybe the shooting of the cab driver, the blood coming out of his neck in slow-mo, wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but I thought it held up pretty well. I thought some of the wider shots, like I, I could tell like it was um, mid-20-teens CGI a little bit of the city, but for the most part, I think it looks outstanding. It's a good like complimentary use of CGI, but we're 20 minutes in the pod. We haven't wait, talked wait, about wait. our what, tip, what tips your hand? I want to know what make, what makes that it's, get called out for I can't, you. I can't name a specific... It's just like the Uncanny Valley thing. I don't know. It's just like maybe it is even just seeing on those YouTube videos about the use of CG, but it's kind uh, of a... Um, I don't know. It, maybe it's just too, like... Clean, maybe I don't know how to explain it. Like hmm. that's like one of the hardest things to explain is like the like what the uncanny valley actually is. I mean, I don't. Did everybody else? Yeah. Did anybody else notice the CG? No, no. What what is being CG here? Like everything. Like there's like all Just of like, like the, the city. You mean like the, the the city, the scenery, the cars, like that shot. Make it of, look like sixties like instead of the cars. Like, really? I, I don't know. Yeah. I could I couldn't really tell. That whole sequence um, when the lady has like is almost kidnapped with her baby like in that the car approaches like the the semi truck is cgi um i think both cars are cgi it's like like a lot of it's like in front of a blue screen when the really um, yeah when the zodiac wow shoots into the car mm. in that first murder that's mm-hmm. all blue screen too um yeah that, that actually I, now that you mentioned that that first murder scene seemed a little less real i guess so now that you mentioned it yeah. i don't know none of uh none of it seemed like it was uh i mean it's obviously not like spaceships flying through space or anything so it's a little easier yeah. to pull <laughs> off like a truck on the side of the road South so I, I couldn't notice any any of it honestly i thought the the one thing you were talking about was this was like a panning cgi shot of the city pushing in because it was obviously like san fran in the 60s or something it's not a real shot but i still thought it looked good that first murder is a little confusing to me too. Now that we're talking about it, like that girl is married and not to the guy right. in the car. She seems mm-hmm. so young. She has like braces. I like would have assumed she was like a high She's schooler. Supposed to be like twenty three or something like that. But yeah, they, her husband mm-hmm. was a uh, a suspect, but he was not. He was looked. He wasn't a suspect, but he was looked into. Apparently, she the was writing uh, was off. What'd you say, Josh? <laughs> Uh yeah, he had blood all over his clothes, but the handwriting was off, so they let him go. Yeah, the handwriting is uh, the only <laughs> thing that can get someone arrested. <laughs> that guy drinks like Paul Avery. But we're twenty minutes, twenty five minutes in the movie. Jordan, we haven't talked about our king, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake, Ho- Jake, Jake. Hopefully, Jake. future king of spoilers. I don't even know what movie this is for him. I think it's like eight or nine movie club. What did you think of the character Robert Graysmith in this movie? Jake plays a great kind of disturbed crazy guy i think that's been established over his spoilers run is that he's 
incredible at these like wide-eyed kind of disturbed youngish guys i guess i i don't know like um i i don't know how else to describe it like he's i think he's pretty perfect in this movie he's a man who needs a hobby Mm. i have a bit of a problem with (laughs) his obsession (laughs) yeah don't you think they rub the boy scout in a little bit too hard like that he's naive though he's he gets pulled in and he uh, he mentioned the scout stays a boy scout thrice that's two times too many yeah i'm with you if he's (laughs) such a i don't smoke i don't drink how does he know to order an aqua velva at a bar that's my question. Hey, have we done... Uh, did we do Velvet Buzzsaw? I don't think so. But we did do Spider-Man Far From Home, right? Yeah. Okay, so I believe this is number nine for Jake. Incredible. Incredible run. So he's getting up there. We needed it. But a guy who's also getting up there, Robert Downey Jr. I mentioned his character, <laughs> Paul Avery. Whoa, dirty. Corey... Did you just... <laughs> no, no. Up there in the Spoilers Club, because we've done all the Marvel movies. Oh, and okay, this. okay, okay. Um, what are you guys talking about? His age? No, no, no. His spoilers status. He's climbing oh. the spoilers ranks. But Corey, is this the best movie that Robert Downey Jr. has been in? Uh, no, that would be Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I fucking love Infinity War. I'm being serious. Me too. I've been it's put on TV and I'm loving it. Uh, I, I, I like Robert Downey Jr. I like you know weird science and other dumb shit like that that he's done. Um, you know, it's funny to me as I was watching this. I'm thinking. Here's Robert Downey Jr. as the typical Robert Downey Jr. type, right? Um, but then I was thinking back to some of his movies, and he's not always like that. He's just pretty Tony Starkish. And uh, the the example that came <laughs> to my mind is that he was nothing like Wayne Gale from Natural Born Killers. So I know he's got some range, but you know, the uh, he's either perfectly cast or he was just being himself. I mean, I read a very brief IMDb fact that he was. Uh, fighting with um fincher a little bit so over what did it say like what were the uh, he didn't like having to do multiple takes or some shit it sounded like some like large ego actor shit i think multiple takes is minimizing it fincher is notorious for being like over and over more and more takes especially when he switched from film to digital like kubrick style just once every take and i think there's even something mark ruffalo went on record saying that like his first couple days working, he thought he was going to get kicked off because he thought the reason they were doing so many takes, the only explanation he could think of was that he was sucking so hard and ruining every scene. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sheesh. You bring up Mark Ruffalo, Josh. Uh, he's probably the, the third bigot or like main character of this epic, sprawling movie. What's what's uh, what's his name? Toshji? Toshji? It's Are David Toshi Station. tashi station is named after that real guy by the way that is confirmed yeah no no. it is yes george lucas has said that he was uh like i guess following this at the time that it was going on and he had some sympathy for the the detective who uh, was like criticized publicly for the way he handled the case it being unsolved so uh just a little thing he put in star wars tashi weird was George Lucas's handwriting ever cleared? <laughs> you know, uh, this might explain a lot. But Josh, what's going on with the animal cracker loving Tashi detective? Well, I think Dirty Harry is also inspired by the same real life character, Dave Tashi, who's pretty incredible. This uh, real life California detective's influence on cinema is amazing. Um, 
in this movie, this character is played as just basically like a cop that's slowly getting worn down over the years. And there's this really interesting thing they do where it's like David Fincher kind of shows the system and the people within it kind of falling off and giving up on the scent of the Zodiac one by one. And Jake Gyllenhaal is like the last person to give up. But I think like the second to last maybe is kind of uh, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, I don't know. And he's just a standard Mark Ruffalo character in this, which I love. He's so like relatable. You believe everything he's saying. Um, I really like this character in this film. Pat. Best animal cracker scene since Armageddon. Oh, <laughs> Armageddon. Dude, I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so, I mean, those are our players. And like the first, like I said, the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie just flies by because it's intercut with a murder. And then the fallout in the newsroom. And it's weird because this movie is, like like Jordan mentioned, it's partially a conspiracy movie, partially almost like horror movie in these sequences, or I guess more true crime, but then also partial newsroom story. And and after these first three mo- uh, murders, we get into sort of the reign of terror that was the age of the Zodiac. Brett, does anything... I know it's a broad sort of section of the movie, but, but what sta- stands out to you like once San Francisco... Uh, Northern California is being sort of gripped by this like reign of terror that is the Zodiac Killer. It's kind of things I feel like were common back before we had everything like all the information at our fingertips. Like people lived and lived for this information, and you know, newspaper was king and stuff like that. So it's it's also kind of like a I'm not gonna say cliche uh, little not montage, but you know, you it seemed like 60s, 70s. You always have like talk shows, people calling in. And being like, oh, what do you think of the Zodiac? I mean, it's just... No religion, too. And no religion, too? <laughs> um, it's kind of just uh, just to show that, you know, it really is like Zodiac mania. People are uh, just kind of going nuts for it. And uh, they just do... I don't know. They they do this, the murder scenes pretty... Like, the last one's pretty quick, so... The cab one? Is that kind of what you're going for here? Yeah, the cab one, St- uh, Stein, Paul Steiner, something like that? Got curfews in effect tonight for the following counties. Napa, Solano, Contra Costa, Alameda, Marin, and San Mateo. So please, everyone, stay safe. Vic in San Francisco, you're on the line. You're not scared of the Zodiac? Heck no, he's only shooting those farm kids. What scares me is those hippies out in the hay with their free love and weird clothes. We've got Alfred from Vacaville. You know, I think that was really offensive. It's not just farm kids. These are nice, clean-cut young people. Hey, nobody's downplaying the loss of human life here, Alfred. Well, that last guy was. We have good, solid communities out here in the North Bay. Unlike in the city where you have Satanists running around. Well, you bring up a good question. Is the Zodiac a Satanist? Amber from Oakland, what do you think? I don't really know, but I just know that the codes that they printed didn't look very Christian. But I think the bigger problem is that the paper shouldn't have printed anything that the Zodiac has been doing. They're just printing all that stuff to sell more newspapers. Well, the Zodiac did demand they print his letters or he'd kill more people. Yeah, but he would have done it anyway, whether they printed it or not. Yeah, interesting point. So, what do you think he'll do next? Yeah, that one's pretty quick, and that's like when Mark Ruffalo gets introduced after that, I think. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I, and it's kind of like this like whole like police disorganization thing that's oh, yeah. happening that was a problem back then especially that that's what happened uh that's one of the reasons like ted bundy 
was able to do what he did right. is because there was no communication between police forces back then. I mean, then, you know, they kind of introduced uh, nationwide databases and stuff like that, which helped. But I mean, again, that's in like, that's in the eighties. That didn't come to the eighties. So yeah, even with Richard Ramirez, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you find out like you see the frustration um, early on where they kind of make a point. So, Oh, why didn't you tell us about this thing? Or why didn't you tell? And then at the end, you know, Mark Ruffalo, this is 10 years after it happened. He had no idea. What was the clue that he he found out at the end? He had no idea. Uh, the first uh, girl who gets shot uh, lived like 50 yards from. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's him. it. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, yeah, it was in the Vallejo file. I mean, it's just crazy. So. It's not even like they it's not even like they don't know some of the evidence. It's they don't even know that like this witness talked to cops before. Like some of the things are just yeah. like, wait, what you told who this? And like, oh, this guy is here and it's it's wild how just like disconnected it all is, like you said, Brett. Is the cab driver I guess Brett, because I don't know if any of the other guys have researched this murder extensively. Is the cab driver still credited to the Zodiac? Is that like one of the confirmed killings? Yeah, yeah. They, he's got five confirmed killings and we see all of them. Is there any, do they have any speculation on why he no, no, no. broke Sorry. his pattern? We don't see like that. Like, because um, that's so unusual, right, for a serial killer? Because he kind of has a very established pattern going into that murder and then it's just like, it seems pretty random at that point. It is, yeah. I mean, uh, serial killers usually have a thing and like, they make a point to say he was going for lovers and he would find, quote-unquote, lovers' lanes. Um, and he also focused on the woman more um, than the man. Um, I don't know. I think this would maybe just to switch it up a little bit. I mean, Just to keep it fresh, you know? Just to, you know, it's freestyling. <laughs> but this is to throw him off a little bit, and that's one of the reasons why Kylo brought it up, that Richard Ramirez was so hard because he didn't have... He, he had two really crazy things that he was into, and they were complete opposites, and it really threw the cops for a loop. I won't get into it, but you should watch that documentary. I'll let you know. Um, it's very uncommon, so I don't know. I, I guess I didn't look into that a little bit. Maybe I can do a little research while you go to somebody else. And, and that's like the last violence we see yeah. from the Zodiac in the whole movie. So it's like you have this first 30 or so minutes. I, I mean, I mentioned the Reign of Terror, so it gets a little different, but um oh hell what is her name chloe savini shows up mm-hmm. in this seven movie. yeah i think it is seven yeah and like the whole vibe of the movie totally changes kylo uh do you think jake Hall is a good first date <laughs> <laughs> i mean he could do whatever he wants if he takes me out like i really don't care i'll i'll sleep on his couch and wait for phone calls it's jake so the gun range oh we were uh we're i'm working on do you know the zodiac yeah. I'm working with, do you know who Paul Avery is? Sounds kind of familiar. He's the writer that the Zodiac threatened. Oh, yeah, I saw that on TV. Well, I work near him, and, and he's going down tonight to track an, an anonymous tipster down in Riverside. <laughs> Where is Riverside? It's near L.A. Oh, wow. I don't think Paul knows that it's that far away. Sounds kind of dangerous. Yeah. How do you mean? Well, you said it was an anonymous tip, right? Yeah. So it could be an ambush. It could be the Zodiac. Don't you think it's kind of (laughs) stupid? Yeah, yeah. Well, Paul has a gun. 
So, you know what's good here? Um, I've never been here before. <laughs> uh, the pasta, spaghetti. Uh, it, it's you're talking about the Zodiac specifically, and I had not seen this movie, but I realized watching it, I had seen some of the key scenes, but also like I knew nothing about the Zodiac. Interesting, right? And I know you guys have said in some other podcast like it's not best to get your information on historical events from a movie like this because it's not always true uh but i didn't realize that he had killed so few people i know that sounds kind of like heartless but i thought it's a big name you know zodiac is famous it's like i i thought there was a, a lot higher body count and i guess there could be that we just don't know about but uh, he seems to like press, and I would think that he would have made his other killings um, more obvious. We seem to take credit for killings that weren't his. Uh, Josh, Stevie's not here, so I guess the Stevie question falls to you. <laughs> Did the media do the right thing by publishing those ciphers oh. and, and leaning and leaning into? It? Because I mean, they're they're, they're faced with sort of the threat of more violence but definitely part of that boardroom conversation when we're getting more of the newsroom side of this is they're talking about you know we can scoop this other paper if we print it first but is that the right thing to do well i can comment on what i see currently as a lot of binging and obsessions over crime true and true crime dramas to this day and no i am not a fan of it um I'm, I know a lot of it's good quality and interesting and addicting, but I really, really don't like the fact that like a serial killer could get motivation to be immortalized in like a David Fincher movie, even. So, uh, oh, yeah, I I do dislike that part about this movie, but we can talk about that more later. To get to your question, I think the media did the wrong thing. I mean. Just let the guy go into obscurity. That's how you're going to punish him the most. And it's up to the cops to find him. Not your cartoonist, man. It's really not up to them. <laughs> Even if he's threatening uh, to take out school buses of kids or whatever. But that's what he wanted, right? He wanted the reign of terror. Like That's just leaning into giving him what he wants. Are the kids just not going to take the bus anymore? I mean, if Jake Gyllenhaal's your dad, I guess. <laughs> But you would go as far as to say is like even after like we're pretty sure that the Zodiac killer is dead that it's not like this kind of true crime thing maybe isn't I don't know, doesn't have its heart in the right place or, or I don't know how you how would you characterize it I think there's a segment of the population sadly that watches this movie and takes away from it that they really like the Zodiac killer and would like to be like him. And I think that's terrible, <laughs> but would you at least say a very, very small segment? Yes. of the Population <laughs> probably about the same amount that read the Lord of the Rings that books before podcast. they watch the movie. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that crazy to say though, Josh. I mean, there's been studies or experts that point out that, uh, saying mass shooters names, uh, on TV, yeah. it's like what they're going for. Mm. Even if they die, they want to be immortalized. Mm -hmm. And that's what they want. And another potential mass shooter sees the... I mean, it's not praise, but in their mind, it's praise. I mean, uh, on TV, all these news stations within 30 minutes of it happening now. I mean, nowadays, it's 
12 minutes after it happens, it's already trending on Twitter. It's all over everything. And they're just like, they get pumped up by it. So it's not that crazy. Now, I think this is a little different. Like Pappy said, I think this guy's been the good chance. This guy's been dead for since 92 or whenever, uh, Alan died, but it's, it's not that crazy to say that. And it's been kind of proven in people that have survived that, they did it for the fame and notoriety. So yeah, that other movie that I mentioned with Robert Downey Jr. Natural Born Killers is a, a really all about that, and it's you know fictional story. Well, I come from a vantage point where I don't think violent video games cause violence. I don't think Tarantino movies same create people like. What about Marilyn Manson? <laughs> whatever. Let the let the man. Uh, he's a terrible person too, but uh, for different reasons. <laughs> His but music I, sucks too. Pappy, I, I wasn't going to say this till the very end, but since you wanted to deep dive, let's go. The thing that I do appreciate David Fincher does in this is, I think if you think about it, a the Zodiac Killer is a freaking coward, and he does nothing like the Dangerous Game. If you've ever read that, like he doesn't do anything like that. Most Dangerous Game doesn't give them a challenge at all. I mean, that's like the whole point. Also, how did he not know, man? Uh, it's such such an easy. Cl- I knew that. <laughs> Come on! I would have solved this freaking crime months before Jake Gyllenhaal. What an idiot! So I think the Zodiac Killer comes off as a coward, and I think he comes off as kind of like dumb luck is what caused this. It's not like he was a master at anything. It was just kind of like he stumbled through it, and maybe he had a cu- a couple clever moves in here, but really it was like the disorganization and. Uh, the reliance on handwriting <laughs> to convict someone. How shitty police work was back then. <laughs> so like we watched the old ones. We're like, man, it would be so hard to be a cop back then. Like, mm-hmm. and like, if you just go into the woods and randomly shoot somebody on a road, it's like, you're, how, how are they going to find you? Unless they have like your matching bullet to your gun. Like it's impossible. Like just two passing people. It's going to be so hard to find you. Now there's going to be like 12 residents with ring video cameras like on that route that they'll like cross reference. And yeah. It's a much different world. No, but you're right though, Mikey. Like the, again, we watch a lot of true crime stuff. We haven't lately, but the hardest ones to solve by far are the ones that are completely random. You know, just like two trains passing in the night, somebody comes up on somebody, shoots them. And then by the time someone finds the body, they're a state and a half away. They don't live there. Um, that's why it's so frustrating watching this movie again. And I don't I guess I don't blame him that much, but the guy at the very beginning who gets shot and then he actually lives and then skips town. I mean, he could have saved a lot of people and a lot of time if he would have think cause the problem is they had mount mountains, mounds of circumstantial evidence and his photo lineup identification could have, Helped so much. Why, did, why does he skip town? I think he's just scared or doesn't like the fact maybe it's came, you know, that he was having sex or whatever with a married woman. I mean. Oh, he thought it was the husband? Maybe? I, no, I think. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, Trauma? Tra- trauma. Yeah. Probably not want to be around, but I mean, it could have been a little rumor mill. I, again, I don't know about. He could have been scared of the husband, but, you know, it's not. It, it wouldn't be good press for you in your personal life. To know that you were cheating on somebody. To your point, Josh, though, I, I do like, because this movie, 
can't really get into the fallout of what it would be like to be a member of the family, you know, of someone who was killed by the Zodiac Killer, because that would just be, it becomes a tragedy at that point. But Fincher does look at sort of the periphery of even like, you know, the, how this case affected, you know, the lead investigators and people in the media mm. and even like, you know, cities themselves were sort of pulled into this reign, reign of terror. Um, and, and I think he does like treat that with some, some reverence, but Brandon, I hope you're happy that we went with uh, the least lighthearted of your three picks uh, for this. But as a Patreon, you heard our episode on um, Succession that was hosted by Jordan. Jordan, <laughs> I think one of the most memorable scenes of the Reign of Terror is Logan Roy showing up on that morning show. Um, do you like that scene uh, with, with, with Papa oh, Roy? Sorry, I thought you were talking about Succession. Brian Cox. In the interview it kind of goes along with what Josh said. Like they're going to give this dude a huge audience to basically like promote what he's doing in a weird fucked up way. And also like terrify a lot of the community. And I'm, I don't know. It seems like there's other ways to have tried to lure him out a little bit. And I don't think they actually like, do they actually get any, anything to go off of from that conversation? It seems so like misguided. I love the blind trust of, hey, community, please don't call in. We're just, just have the Zodiac guy call in. Please, nobody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only the Zodiac can call Keep in. Keep the lines clear. Yeah. <laughs> Going on a trust system. <laughs> they didn't think it was him, but I don't think uh, technically they found out it wasn't him until 51 years later. I don't know if you saw that his, the cipher, 340 cipher was actually solved last year, finally, after 51 years. What? Purportedly. I watched the video on it from the guys that solved it. It seems pretty legit. Dude, I cannot. It's so freaking hard how they did that. Uh, but yeah, it, it it doesn't really say much. It does say that it's not. Uh, it's not him. He was not Sam. His ciphers are such bullshit. Like they, when you decode them, he's just like, I like to kill people. I'm gonna die and go to paradise and kill more people. I love killing. It's exactly. People. But it's pretty much exactly <laughs> what it is. Plus, it was extra hard because he spelled words wrong. Mm. Right. Mm. Daddy is a bunch of like AI and stuff to decode it, and then they had to like allow the AI to interpret spelling mistakes i think that was sort of the linchpin in like their programming we have to factor in him being a fucking idiot (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much so i think uh david lynch obviously if you watch this movie thinks it's arthur lee allen i mean that's kind of his that's what i take away from the movie david lynch Fincher? Yeah, sorry, sorry. This does seem like a David Lynch movie. <laughs> David Fincher. I don't know what David Lynch's opinion is. <laughs> I, I can't go one podcast without <laughs> one major flub. But anyway, yeah, I think that he thinks it's him, and I think that's good. But then, yeah, that cipher earlier this year points to this Lawrence Kane, which is also like another guy that people on the internet suspect. And both those guys are dead, though. Anyway, so. What was the deal... With uh, the other creepy guy in the basement. So it was like a duo, like they were helping each other? Or what was I supposed to interpret from that? Yeah, what what is that? Because that's the best scene in the movie for me. That No, that's the, the first time I watched that movie. That's the one that made me, like, I was like, my heart was beating so fast. And, <laughs> and it, it's extra cool, in my opinion, to find out that they've known each other since Jake Gyllenhaal was three years old, those two actors. But they made it seem like as creepy as they could possibly be. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a little confusing. It had to do with another guy they thought was a really strong candidate. And yeah, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal at one point says it's gotta be two. And then like it gets cut off. So 
I, I think that's kind of one of the that one of those scenes that underscores the whole chaos and confusion that was this investigation. Mikey, you want to talk a little bit more about that that scene? Because I agree, I think it's the best scene. Uh, Jake goes there with like the intention of like finding a film canister and also like comparing handwriting on a on a movie poster or something. I think, and in the process of like showing him this movie poster. Because he, w- he was going there with the intention of like, hey, Rick Marshall drew this movie poster. I want you to to like look look it over or something. And then he opens it up and he's like, oh, Rick never drew any of them. I drew all of them. And the guy who was writing these movie posters, his handwriting matched uh, Zodiac. Or at least that's what we think. That's like the best minute in the movie, I think, is when he's like, oh, it's the closest you've ever been to matching the handwriting. And he's like, I... Did the handwriting mm-hmm. and like Jake's He's freaking like, I'm sorry for wasting your time. I'm gonna leave right now, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe he falls. It's so court. dumb. I don't know what he's doing. He should have just ran straight through that door. But um Yeah, he I, goes so Go ahead. Sorry, Jordan. Mikey. I, I, I just took that as like there's there's a lot of things going on in that house. Like it's an old, old like farmhouse, it looks like. There's like they drive up to like there's like a barn in the back and it looks pretty old when they walk in. Like there's tea going upstairs, and I kind of interpreted that as um Jill and Hall's character, like almost kind of freaking out, like not a panic attack, but like freaking out and like kind of too much going on that he I, I think he may have like imagined the steps upstairs, but Corey, this is kind of your thing out in California. Like, do you have a basement? <laughs> I don't know anyone that has a basement, but uh, really? NorCal <laughs> is basically Oregon as far as I'm concerned. Um, also, my uncle, uh, my great uncle Rick would have never done this. So I just want to say that he is innocent. <laughs> okay. Uh, odd time to bring that up. Uh. By all accounts, he was a great dude. We, we probably should talk about the actual likely um zodiac killer or at least you know the theory that's posited by this movie and and most people who have studied it. arthur lee allen aka norm from fargo a mere two <laughs> patreon movies ago uh josh what did you think about um sort of his performance and some of the scenes with him i think the interview in the break room is like that one of my favorite yeah. scenes my in the favorite whole scene of the whole first time i watched it why do you like it brett it's just it's like it's like a, a an interrogation scene, but like you strip away all the uh, extra tensity of being like in an interrogation room. And I love, I love when they pass the watch Dude, the around look on their faces. They're like, "This guy did it, right?" <laughs> they're all, they're all like, they're all looking at each other like, "This is the guy, right?" <laughs> My bad. No, Josh, I didn't mean to undercut. I just, I just like the first time I watched it. That was a scene that. That's when I realized, man, I really, really like this movie. No, I asked you. Well, he has a watch that says, I'm the Zodiac Killer, right? (laughs) (laughs) Practically. (laughs) There ain't nothing you can do about it, Kappa. Oh, man. His performance is awesome in this movie. I love it. The one cool tidbit, I heard a snippet of an interview, and he said, uh, oh, my gosh. David... Fincher, David Lynch, <laughs> David Fincher, one of those guys. Fincher, I am the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> <David Lynch. laughs> anyway, he said that uh, David Fincher told him to play it as if like he's truly innocent. At least play it like that in the movie. I don't even think he did that. He did not listen to his director. No. <laughs> he was so incriminating. 
for chicken blood on those knives. Don't pay any attention. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Dude, that was a great line, too. Yeah. They're like, what knives? He's like, oh, I had bloody knives in my car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but to that point, like, don't you think, like, in the last shot of the movie, I know we're b- bouncing around a little bit, uh, but in that last shot of the movie, I feel like there is a look of acknowledgement, right? When Jake's just kind of staring him down in the hardware store. Like, it gives him, like, the fake, oh, how, how can I help you look? And then, like, when they're staring at each other, he gives he probably, him the... He probably knows what Jake looks like, right? He's been calling his house. Big Donnie Darko guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really dumb of him. He was dumb the whole movie, wasn't he? Or just, like... I, I had so, so such balls to try and figure this out that he <laughs> sacrificed his family to figure out this puzzle. I think he's just a weirdo for puzzles. It, it is interesting how like people get obsessed, you know, with with shit like this. And uh, I mean, it's not the first like movie or crime documentary I seen where someone that was looking into it was like completely obsessed with the case for years on years on years. And uh, that's that's kind of where his descent ends, ends up going. But um, Josh, we were talking about that interview scene. I know you recognize the man. How nice is it to see Casey Jones? Casey Jones. Goongala. You know who I like to see even more in this? Dirty Steve. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who's Dirty Steve? There's a lot of people in this movie. Dermot Mulroney. He's got a great secondary cast, Dono Logue. Yeah, he's that uh, Norm Gunderson's talking about like how his knives had blood on him from chickens, and Steve's <laughs> like, "Did you see the size of that chicken?" <laughs> I actually thought Anthony Edwards as uh, Mark Ruffalo's like mm-hmm. right hand man was freaking phenomenal in this movie. It didn't really yep. hit me till after I watched it either, mm-hmm. just how real he seemed as a backup character. You know, the guy who interviews uh, McPoyle at the end. Uh, <laughs> This is a free movie club for him. We're going off. Dude, the McPoyle at the end and the kid that plays him in the beginning, two different actors, but very good matching like faces. Like yes. <laughs> I agree. Is that why you left Southern California to go up to Philly? <laughs> Hang yeah. out with the boys? His brother, his brother was Wayne's yeah, brother and Mark, Margaret were waiting Liam. for him or whatever. Liam and, and I've seen that Margaret? kid in other stuff before too. He's not he's not a nobody. He's been in stuff. Torkelson's? One one tree hill? But I, I totally agree, Mikey. Like his like deterioration is very believable. And like when we look at like the future version of Robert Downey Jr. and I see myself in <laughs> forty years. <laughs> like, oh great. That's wow, Pat, that's that's a that's a bit of a you're giving yourself a bit of a leeway there. Forty years? Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thirty-three years, basically. I've heard this a couple times, and could I posit a uh, a different posit? Okay, so I've Please. heard uh, Joe say uh, mental goes into mental whatever state. Uh, you just said hmm? deteriorating. Could I just posit that he's just gone down a really deep rabbit hole, and he's just trying to get back out? Like it's not really a mental thing as much as he just wandered down and wait. Paul Avery or no 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 Paul Avery deteriorated. I I, I meant yeah. uh, I feel I thought you were talking about Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Like I know what you're talking about, Brett. I, I don't think he went crazy. I think he just. I mean, he was acting crazy, but I think he just got into a rabbit hole. I don't think like the word you're looking for is addiction. That that's not what I meant to say, Brett. I think gen like on the case he has like an obsession or like Corey said like an addiction. But in that house, I an think he obsession. I think he has like some kind of like 
panic panic attack type thing that like he's imagining things because he's like so much is clicking in his head and he's trying to work out things and he's hearing the teapot go off and like all this other shit in this old ass house and I think that's why he freaks out. I'm with you there. He looks like Lewis Bloom in that scene from Nightcrawler. You know? Oh yeah, and he's like he's completely <laughs> soaked, mm-hmm. and yeah. because it was raining outside, so I think that's like a nice touch on top of that. Like he looks like disheveled in a way. It's like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, his mind has been so in this case, like he's not like in a normal state of mind almost. And the other guy's got all the bargaining power in the basement. Such a good scene. Like it's oh. the implication. <laughs> I think the my favorite part of that scene is, and to Jordan's point, proves that he's kind of having a breakdown, is after the creepy dude deliberately puts in the key, turns it, and unlocks the door for him, Jake just sprints the hell out of there, like right <laughs> in the guy's face. Just peace. Goodbye, Mr. Graysmith. <laughs> dude, he was like... I don't want to steal from like uh, uh, the rewatchables I've listened to a lot lately, but he like is one of those, you know, uh, they, the Dion Waiters Award where he comes in for like three to five minutes and he just kills it with his performance. That guy just super memorable. Before we get off of like sort of like what happens in the last act with like, you know, Jake's obsession, Josh, I do want to ask you as the moral compass of this oh pod and the father of the most youngling. Um, <laughs> Are his actions moral in this movie? He does endanger his family, but it's in the pursuit of bringing justice to five people who were murdered. What's your perspective on on his actions as a character, right? I think at one point his motivation was thinking about the victims. And I think much like this movie, it, it stops focusing on the victims after the first act. And I think that's what he did, too. And it was just this pursuit of this puzzle. And it, he, they do go out of their way to state at the end that, quote, he resumed a normal relationship with his kids or something like that. But yeah, he did get divorced twice. This seems like true addiction to me. Like you're saying, Corey, like I got to assume he hopped on to something else after this. Like, I'd be surprised if he didn't. She has a name. <laughs> okay, Brett. Because he was presumably divorced twice, right? In the opening scene, he already has a kid who is from his previous. He says wife. he's divorced, and then he gets married mm-hmm. and divorced again. So he has like two sets of kids. So like, why? What was his obsession that ruined his first marriage? I would ask. Cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Drawing hentai. His wife. His first wife didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> I do love that scene though. Like when his. Uh, that his wife comes in and like I, I but every time I watch this I always like think is this like we're supposed to think it's like divorce papers she's about to hand him but she hands him like the linchpin in the case that ends up like unlocking everything with the birthday yeah was that just like his mail that she got or something and she was just like throwing it at him along with divorce papers or was it like oh she helping him out like here I found this in Brett yeah this is like that scene in lock where the wife's like do you want me to give you the information on how to get the C5 cement or do you want to work on our relationship? And he's like, uh, maybe just give me those yeah, files. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah. I mean, he's trying to do the right thing in lock. I think Gray Smith at least thinks he's trying to do the right thing. I guess we kind of just talked about that a few minutes ago, whether he's doing the right thing do or not. Do a quick lock voice, please. Please. The traffic is fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
happy though. As soon as I get yeah, one, the most phone iconic call, line from Locke. <laughs> if I get one phone call, oh god, shirt. Brett. <laughs> if I get one phone call with deep breathing, I'm out of there, man. I'm done with the whole thing. It's over. Josh, can I? I don't want to like make this too personal, but you do have. Uh, no, let's forget that I said that. Mm. One phone call with the deep breathing, we're all moving out of state. It's over. Screw I'm with that there, killer. I'm say the same thing, but I was wondering if someone, maybe someone we knew, was driving with someone, and he says, uh, "Before I kill you, I'm going to throw your baby out the window." That to me is like the most terrifying sentence. Yeah, that was a chilling, chilling moment of the movie. Oh my god, it just gives me the... In real life, she was seven months pregnant as well. Well, nothing... Uh, she's... Eject, ejectocito caused herself out of the, <laughs> out of the seat. So, like, she's fine and the baby's fine somehow. I don't know how. Yeah. That's another great misdirect, too. Because I, I, every, time, every time I watch it, like, you think... Or it's, like, leading you to believe that like, something happened to the baby, right? And she just hit I it. Couldn't and I, remember. Of, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember... Do we know who actually is the actor in the seat of that car? Like, who did? Oh, that's Eon Sky, I think. I think that's her name. She's the actress. Yeah. Like, are you asking who the guy yeah, is? Josh? Who oh. is actually playing the guy driving the car? Like, like is that a clue? Do we know who? Is it the same person who played all of the? No, they had different zodiacs. Yeah, there's different for, dudes. Like, each of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which is a brilliant move oh, on Fincher's part, right? Yeah. But yeah, Eon Sky. That's definitely her. Uh, I believe. Yeah, I like her. Um, that's kind of all I had in terms of, uh, discussion points. You guys have any other final thoughts? I'll scroll through my notes real quick to see if there's any major things that we, we skipped over, but anything you guys got? Do you guys remember when this movie came out? Do you guys remember like that time and like seeing trailers for it or hearing about it? Kind of. Uh, Not uh, really. Josh and I were living together in Bloomington. I remember it. Not really. A little bit, but. So I do. And I remember thinking like, what's with all the Zodiac movies? Have you guys ever heard of a movie called The Zodiac? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there's a movie that called The Zodiac that was uh, much less popular that came out in 2005, two years before this movie, that was also like two hours and 40 minutes, that also had uh, Philip Baker Hall, who's the guy that played Sherwood. He was like the guy telling him the handwriting's wrong every time. I think it's... I, I that, just always interests me when there's like two movies that come out at like the same time. And you know, one is usually far superior than the other. And, uh, I don't know. It's just something that like, like the white house down and like whatever the other shitty one is. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot the, of the magicians, I mean, I the prestige, deep impact, Armageddon, <laughs> the illusionist. prestige. Yeah. I think that one's supposed to be like really not tasteful too. If I'm remembering correctly, like that one had some backlash around it. Um, it's got a really bad meta score. Can someone explain to me the the subplot of the letter that Mark Ruffalo is accused of writing? I get I'm still a little confused on that. He did write letters to the editor anonymously about himself, and that was enough for internal affairs. Somebody was writing a column based on him that he liked, and he was writing in like, "Hey, keep doing that" under an anonymous name. Yeah, yeah, that that actually happened in real life. And then uh, because of that, uh, he was taken off the case, obviously. And then there was another Zodiac letter that was Faked. considered to be real when it first got there. But after a few weeks, it started to like crumble and people thought that he did it. Um, but he was uh, 
exonerated from all that. But yeah, his, I would say his reputation took a bit of a tumble. I mean, people criticize. That's always going to happen when a killer doesn't get caught. So is that like the 70s version of Kevin Durant accidentally p- tweeting from his <laughs> all account? My burner yeah. account. Burner accounts. Those are burner letters. <laughs> Um, okay, sorry, the second note that I had that I skipped over, um, if I'm not lucky enough to live in Paul Avery's boathouse when I'm in my 40s, I'm definitely going to live in Arthur Lee Allen's trailer when I'm in my 40s. That's <laughs> oh, God. a pretty gruesome Just scene. All the squirrels? With or without the squirrels? <laughs> with, obviously. That's the whole Oof. charm. you to be the in there like Radagast with squirrel shit all over you. <laughs> <laughs> that scene is kind of a misdirect, right? Because like, when he pulls up in his car, we don't see what happens. And it's like, I don't know. But they want you to be pumped up that they're going to catch him because they literally find the caliber gun they want. Well, again, all the twenty twos are there, but later on he used a nine. So I don't know. The point is that he had cleared out his trailer and was in the process of moving after he had been interrogated. Not suspicious at all. Yeah, not suspicious at all. Um, last note that I had. Weird choice to screen for the San Francisco PD dirty hair. No, right? Like that's kind of so crazy. Weird. Like that that would have never Wait, happened. So like the whole when Mark Ruffalo goes to the movie and Jake Gyllenhaal runs into him, which I don't know if I did a good enough job like underscoring how great all of those scenes are when Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo are connecting oh, and yeah. Mark Ruffalo is just definitely like, feeding him these little breadcrumbs. Like mm-hmm. I can't the tell third you. Act is awesome with that. I can't tell you, but then it tells him exactly what he needs to find out type thing. Yeah. Um, but like that whole premiere is like, it says on the marquee, it's like a premiere for the San Francisco mm-hmm. PD. Okay. It's like an event, yeah. which is a weird choice of movies to show them while the active investigation of Zodiac yeah. would be happening. I'm much more weird too, for Mark Ruffalo to go to that movie on top of everything. Um, do you guys have any other final thoughts? There's a lot of Marvel actors in this movie. Robert Downey Jr., obviously, is Iron Man. Mark Ruffalo, Hulk. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Mysterio, and Spider-Man, Far From Home. And then, if you count the Fox stuff, you also have Brian Cox as, um, William Stryker. Wow. Yeah. Plus, mm. you got, uh, uh, Mikey's new boy from Blade, Donal Logue. <laughs> Who? If you... He's, the uh, He's in Blade. He's one of the main vampires. Oh. <laughs> he's the he's the cop in uh, Napa, I think. Yeah. All right, we'll take it. <laughs> That's Marvel. Josh, you got any other final thoughts from your end? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, I I don't know what that means. But okay, Josh. <laughs> Your yes or no, then, uh, for Zodiac. Again, requested by loyal patron Brandon. Thank you again for picking this movie. But Josh, what do you give his pick? I give his pick a very hard yes. I appreciate that though the scenes of violence were terrifying, they didn't cross over into what I call torture porn. Um, I, I just think this movie did a lot of things well and this is how you tell a complex story, I think. For instance, Pappy, you mentioned how the police disorganization is a big theme in this movie, and it's also like a big reason why maybe the Zodiac Killer got off. But at the same time, the way the characters are presented, it's not any one person's fault, right? None of the police officers are like a lazy pile of shit. They're all like real people. They all 
especially right at first, have like a real passion to find this guy and are working incredibly hard to do so. And it's just a really cool period piece in a lot of ways. And it makes you see uh, this event in a really like interesting way that I think is the added bonus that it's not super flattering about the Zodiac killer as a whole. And I really, really appreciate that as we talked about before. So anyway, hard. Yes. Um, I'll go next. Definite hard. Yes. Uh, it's a long movie for sure, but I think that the different kind of styles and the different evolution of the scenery and the costumes and the background music really makes the time fly by. Like, like this movie flies by for me. And like, I, I do, like, I think I may have like fallen asleep like the first time I saw it. Cause I started at like 11 o'clock or something, but that was like years ago. And like, I watched this twice in like preparation for this podcast. And both times I couldn't believe like how quickly the time went by watching this movie. Um, everything below the line, absolutely phenomenal. I think I mentioned like the costuming, um, but like the use of CG do look up some of like the, like, uh, visual effects Zodiac, and I'm sure there's like a bunch of YouTube videos that'll come up, but it's it's pretty groundbreaking in what they did and holds up really really well. And Fincher's just use of like complimentary CG is is just so great and like probably like the best use of the technology. Um, but yeah, great characters, great story. There is supposedly some not bad blood, but I heard Bong Hoon Jo made a movie i forget what it's called like to catch a thief or to catch a killer or something memoirs like, uh memoirs of a killer of a geisha uh, yeah geisha yeah, yeah. No. it's like memoirs of a murderer memoirs of a murder i think and apparently like he kind of says you know i made a movie that's exactly like this basically three or four years before with like an unsolved murder and a, a sprawling story so i think that's kind of interesting but for what this movie is definite hard yes i'd even go masterpiece level i would say top two finchers for me pretty by a pretty wide margin and i and i like a lot of his movies um can i brett go ahead the other one no, i want to know what your other one was uh it, i mean if it's not seven then you're wrong <laughs> i think seven <laughs> is like as a work of art like aesthetically it's just so coherent and awesome but like i guess gone girl is also pretty close up there too i watched the fuck out of gone girl any day I thought you week. were going to put on your monocle and say Mank. <laughs> uh, no, I still haven't seen Mank, Mank. actually. And I, I've Mank only was better seen than the, I thought um, it was going to be. I've only seen the Mormon cut of Fight Club. I don't know if I've talked about this on this pod, the but Mor- I went over to someone's what? house. and there's Really? Mo- there's Mormon cuts of movies, apparently. What? And this person was like, do you want to watch Fight Club? I was like, sure. But it was the Mormon cut of Fight Club. So like, all of like the language and stuff had been cleaned up. And so okay, I guys, that's a really stay tuned. Dis- uh, we're going to do a, a special commentary episode on <laughs> yeah. Mormon cut of Fight Club. Uh, I'm going to host that one. subtle penises that they couldn't yeah. find. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Brett. Yeah. I was messing with you, Pappy. Okay. Sorry. I, I got to have to look real quick aside. Uh, who's, you guys have all seen Scream, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know when they're watching Halloween and they're like the they're like here comes the topless scene. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, so I rented Halloween from a library back in the day and that scene was not in the movie. Like does anyone know anything about that? Like did library get different cuts of movies? <laughs> Someone rented it from the library and put the Mormon cut back in the box <laughs> and cut the good cut for themselves. Dude, it's possible. Okay, so uh Is there different cuts of Scream? No, it it's not I'm sorry. No. The scream was the same, but I, I rented Halloween. I didn't rent it for that, but 
But that scene where he's like, okay, here we come. Here comes a tit shot or whatever he says. That's not in the Halloween movie that I've seen. Like it's cut, like it's edited like below, like right up to her neck. So I don't know if it, or just cut out completely. But again, that was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, this, I think Brittany and I watched this as like our Halloween movie because it was like really creepy. Um, yeah, I think I'm with pa- Pappy actually. I think this is kind of a masterpiece. Um, I think the first and third acts are like incredible. The only knock I have with the second one is it gets a, a little convoluted at one point, a little confusing with the Robert Downey's meeting somebody and then they're, they're adding about, well, they think, I think they might have killed Tammy Faye, blah, blah, blah in 62. But, uh, yeah, this is amazing. I think the main cast is awesome. I think the secondary cast is awesome. Uh, I think David Fincher's got to easily be one of the best directors of our generation. And, uh, and this is just another reason why uh, this and Alien 3, um, mm-hmm. Aliens 3. But yeah, this is a super, super, super hard yes. I think it's one of the better movies that we've done on here. So It's called Alien Cubed, Brett. Get the name. Aliens. Right. Actually, I think it's Aliens, Aliens 3, but yeah. <laughs> Aliens. Speaking of Actually, Aliens, <laughs> Jordan, you're going to do a punishment movie on signs. But in the meantime, what do you give Zodiac? Uh, Zodiac is a massive erect yes <laughs> wow Happy, I, I said a few weeks ago when we were, when we were hanging out that uh this is one of my favorite movies probably the last like i don't know 15 years i guess if that mm-hmm. still is when it is because it seems like we're too far along now um but no it's it's really good i've watched this just a lot of times more recently like i said i think the some of the like perspective has changed is like Jalen Hall's character kind of loses his mind a little bit, but I do really like the, uh, like you mentioned at the end, Pappy, the, uh, scenes with Ruffalo and Jalen Hall are incredible and them like running through the details of the case and that sort of thing. And I think that's really captivating, but I, I really like this movie. It's definitely a yes for me. Another thing we talked about too, um, before, uh, Mikey, you go, it's, it's kind of sad because I don't think this kind of story would be told in a film format or will mm. be told in a film format ever again. Like this is like HBO miniseries yeah. kind of written all over it type thing. And I think it works really well as a film, but, but Mikey, go ahead. What do, what do you think? Yep. It's a hard. Yes. Uh, it's a very complex puzzle type, uh, movie script, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's told very well. And, um i like it a lot i think it like everything works well together like this the cast is stacked from top to bottom there's a lot of awesome actors and actresses in this movie and uh it's really well written jake maybe a greasy smelly king but he's our king and we're trying to push him to the top of spoilers um i like it a lot uh I'm not a guy who's like super into true crime stuff. So I find it pretty entertaining as a movie. I I don't think I could sit through a whole like mini series of this, but Fincher did a great job as a, as a movie uh, for such a vast and like complex case. So it's a hard. Yes. Is it Mindhunter like hard to watch, like binge because you just get so like defeated didn't I hear like it's that good? Like you just you just get so down, it's exhausting to watch it. It's not that, but like it's so depressing that it ends after two seasons and there's no apparent plan 
to resume it. That's like one of like the most disappointing like cancellations of any show. I think I've had really my got life. canceled. I thought it was huge. Like it was. I, I saw that David yeah. Fincher did like seven episodes. It was it was massive and it was a huge success for Netflix and I think it was more like a budget timing thing. But, wow! But but I think, I think Fincher, it's expensive. I think Fincher's like kind of waffled. Like he was pretty staunch that he was never going to return to it, but I think he's like softened that take. So I, I guess it remains to be seen. But last but not least, Corey Kylo, the debate moderator. What do you give Zodiac? Yes, this is Corey Kylo Ren memes. I am going to give it a yes. This movie is great. I'm glad I got to watch it for this podcast. I feel like I say that a lot, um, but you know, thank you to the listener very much for picking this. Brandon. I think this movie does a lot of things great. Uh, it, the story is already there, right? The book. And uh, it, it's just adapted, I think, as well as it could be. And uh, it's like, um, it does a great job displaying the passing of time. It feels like it's like an epic. And this yeah. movie is very long. And it needs to be very long, right? You, um, you, if it was too short, I feel like it would not give like this epic feel that it has. But I don't know. Overall, I think it's a great movie. That's one of my favorite points about it. But also the performances are really great. Jake Gyllenhaal, always great. You know, he continues to be a standout in anything he's in. And, um, I'm, yeah, again, I'm just really happy I got to see it, uh, for this podcast. It's great watching a movie that I haven't seen, that I really like a lot for the first time for a podcast. And free on YouTube. So you guys can go watch yeah, it. Yeah, boy. But is it the Mormon cut? <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly, if it's free. But Brandon, six yes pick for you. Strong pick from Brandon. And in typical spoilers fashion, we do have a trivia. Um, I try to keep it tasteful uh, for this. So this, the name of this game is Body Count over under where i'm going to give you the name of a serial killer and you have to tell me if like the next serial killer killed more or less people than the previous serial killer i do have um one lifeline for every for everybody uh i pulled a quick wikipedia notes on each of these serial killers so we'll say twice in this game you can ask me to read the wikipedia entry for them um and then we'll go from there um jordan do you have a question that you wanted to ask about the uh patreon sorry our uh, our patreon he mentioned the like trivia heavy episodes is that talking about the holiday trivia or is that something different i think he's talking about like the the trivia nights that we used to do like once or twice a year which speaking, covid bro well speaking of we now have thanks to you patreons the technology to all of us get together that's gonna be a much easier episode to produce so i guess trivia master jordan can we expect a return of that at any point soon for sure we need to uh make some plans here but yes i'm i, I have some thoughts <laughs> maybe episode 400 will return to the trivia oh, but boy. in the meantime we have body count over under so twice in this game you can ask me for wikipedia details i'm going to censor out the specifics of the people that they killed obviously to not give it away um but we'll go in the same order uh Corey, confirmed kills uh i i generally took the higher end of confirmed kills but one or two times i went with the speculative kills but it wouldn't make a difference for any of these i don't think i think they're okay. kind of staggered in such a way that that won't that shouldn't come into play um so cory uh, do you, I guess, Corey, do you understand the game? Um, nope, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> okay. So the first killer 
is Bobby Joe Long. Because uh, <gasps> friend, friend of the pod. Um, he killed 10 people, and he's known as the classified ad rapist. Did he kill <laughs> more or less people than Jack the Ripper? Hmm. Oh, sorry. I should say it this way. Sorry. Did Jack the Ripper kill more or less people than Bobby Joe Long? Nice trivia format, right. Pat. Let, let's get that uh, Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, Jack the Ripper was an unidentified serial killer active largely in impoverished areas in and around London during 1888. Uh, in contemporary records, the killer was also called the Whitechapel Murderer and the Leather Apron. That's all I got for it. That clears everything up. Um, Not helpful. I watched the Batman Gotham by Gaslight recently. Oh, that's cool. Which is like, it's like Batman, if he had to take down Jack the Ripper back during the time and in the area where that occurred. And if I'm going to go based on that animated DC (laughs) film, which I am, I'm going to say that Jack the Ripper killed less people than that. Very good. Jack the Ripper had five Five victims. Um, Thank you, Warner Brothers. Okay, Mikey, so the, the point here is five. Our next prolific murderer, John Landis. Did John Landis kill more or less than five people? <laughs> How many did Bobby Joe have? Ten. Sorry, Bobby Joe Long killed ten in Tampa, Florida in the 80s. But John Landis, prolific murderer of children. How many people <laughs> I know it's got to be close. I know there was a couple of kids and a couple of adults. So it's, I want to say at least... Kids only count as half. I want to say at least four. <laughs> Four poor souls and un, at the hand of John Landis. Um, so, but I'm going to say he killed more. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I, I think they're both going to hell, so it's kind of irrelevant. But John Landis actually killed less people. Oh. I have two, two children that he killed. Um, John Landis, Vic, director of... And Vic Morrow. Oh, so three people that he killed. Yep, you're right. Still less. Still the under. Mikey, unfortunately, you've been eliminated. So John Landis. Wait, wait. Before we move on, does anyone have any other body count? Like, any anything else? I'm not saying anything. I <laughs> Might be four. Okay, let's go on. At least four confirmed kills for John Landis. Uh, can't say that often Brent enough. just adding to the Murderer. count here. <laughs> uh, he might have killed hey, the He's not pilot. done yet. Oh, he's no. still making stuff, and... <laughs> Apparently still directing people to do dangerous stuff, so he could still add to that body count. I want to say... John Landis is out there. He can't be bargained with. He can't be reasoned with. He doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And he will not stop until you are dead. Just watched that last week. Thank you for that quote. Josh, from one murderous John to another, John Wayne Gacy, did he kill more or less people than director john landis oh john wayne gacy killed several more i believe mostly boys maybe like 12 or 13 so i'll say more 30 something right 32 30 josh takes the over and and brett you're very close i have 32 uh, as his as his said. so close that you are right on the money <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> not close enough though apparently Corey. i, I didn't know this is going to be so in brett's wheelhouse the number <laughs> of uh serial killers but brett now it's i have you next in my list Harold Shipman. Shipman. And I remember I do have a Wikipedia that I can... Yeah, give me that. Convicted of blank murders and responsible for the deaths of blank patients, identified by inquiry, is also believed to kill up to blank people. Mm. He injected diorphamine into his patients and then falsified the medical records reporting that the patient had been in poor health. Poor health. He Not poor health. Poor, poor health. health. He hanged himself. Wow. 
He, like, are you he in hung porn himself house? in prison. Hanging <laughs> <laughs> uh, count as one of the murders. <laughs> you know what, Josh? I'm going to bump it up one. We're going to count the hanging. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I have no idea. I'll, I've never heard of it. I'll say more, but it's probably less. It is more. Uh, 216. Holy shit. Oh. <laughs> 216. <laughs> <laughs> Was he from, like, Europe or something? Or... I, England, okay. I believe. Uh, so, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that'd be... Well, yeah, not no more. <laughs> uh, Jordan, that was your voice there. Uh, so, Harold Shipman, we said, killed uh, 216 people, including himself. Ed Kemper. Oh, man, he's like Master Chief. So many kills. Ed Kemper. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that he killed less than 218 or whatever the number was. And you would be correct. Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer, uh, has 10 confirmed kills. The best character in the series Mindhunter. He's he, fucking amazing. Is he the amazing. tall guy? Yeah, he, he's like a really yeah. big guy. He's, he would have never been caught, but he turned himself in, right? Yeah, and that a lot of that show is that like the the interviews with him as they're building yeah. out like the psychological profile of serial killers. It's I can't recommend Mindhunter enough to be honest. Other than the fact that it ends way too soon. Is, um, is he the one that's in, that's for, like from Florida? Is that uh, right? Bu- 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 I don't have where his where he's from. Sounds like a Florida um, man. Man, no, no, that's fine. He murdered and dis. Well, never mind. That's I don't need to get into that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> keep his it, grandma or mom <laughs> or something. <laughs> right? Keep it light, uh, Corey. Back around the bend to you. Uh, Mikey was the only elimination from that round. We have Ed, Ke- Ed Kemper at ten confirmed kills. Samuel Little. You still have one Wikipedia left, Corey. Samuel Little. Yeah, another Wikipedia. Samuel Little was convicted of killing blank women, but later investigations linked blank other murders to him. Little is known about America's most prolific serial killer. He claimed as many as blank victims in total, three above his initial conviction of, or sorry, three above his initial confession of blank, and the FBI confirmed a total of blank to him. That sounds like a Uh, lot. I've never heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) Most prolific. Did you say more than 10? Samuel Little, America's most prolific ki- serial killer, killed 90 people. Wow. Um, and the investigations of his crime are ongoing, so they're still going up. Uh, hmm. That's Josh? interesting. Man, what do you do to that for? <laughs> Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, Billy, what you kill him for? Ted Kaczynski. Oh, oh man. Uh, far less. I think he killed like four people or something. Yep. The Unabomber had three kills uh so far less uh brett back to you from one ted to another ted bundy more correct 30 kills for ted bundy a killer known for his charisma and good looks um so back down to jordan luis garavito uh i'll i'll use a wikipedia entry please Real lighthearted stuff here, boys. Mm. Child murderer, <laughs> torturing killer, and rapist known as La Bista confessed to killing blank boys between 8 and 16 years old over a seven-year period in Colombia and neighboring countries. He is suspected of murdering over blank victims, mostly street children. Um, he is sentenced to 1,800 years in prison, but his sentence was reduced to 22 yep. years after he yep. led police to many of the bodies. He becomes eligible p- for parole in 2023. Did you say 1,800 years? sentence 1800 but reduced to 22 Jesus. after leaving the bodies plus they have rules in south america that's like 
they can't go much higher than that. So then eighteen hundred, nice. And your point on Ted Bundy is thirty. Uh, I'll go higher than that. This is hundred ninety or two hundred something, right? Like he's I have hundred. I have at three hundred. Jesus, uh, you the should see like the highest prolific. killers in history. Yeah. They are all in South American countries, and they like literally can't serve for more than twenty years. Like it's a freaking joke. Um. So back around the bend to Corey Clementine. I gotta expand my column. Clementine Barnabé or Barnabet. And what was the last number? Three hundred. I'll just say less. You'd be correct. The axe twenty-five. The axe murdering voodoo princess has thirty-five kills. Uh, back in the early twentieth century. Josh, back to you. Charles Ray Hatcher. The point is thirty-five. I need that wiki, please. A habitual. I mean, I really fucking hate reading this. This is a bad <laughs> idea. A habitual criminal. Uh, Charles Ray Hatcher confessed to the rape and murder of over blank young adolescent males. Escaped from prison several times. He was declared a manipulative, institutionalized sociopath, sentenced to life, and killed himself by suicide in 1984. Could I use my other Wikipedia to get more information? (laughs) (laughs) His name is Charles Ray Hatcher. Um, I'll say fewer. And you'd be correct. I have him at 20. 20 victims. Um... I do have a tiebreaker. We're almost to the end of the list. Whoever's left will just participate in the tiebreaker. Um, Brett, back to you. Dennis Rader. Dennis Rader. He is the Candyman killer from Fort Wayne, Indiana. He. Uh, what was the last one? 16. Uh, more. I thought you said 20. Actually, Dennis Rader is the American serial killer known as BTK. Um, ah crap! And he has far less. <laughs> that sounded victims. familiar. I literally just watched something on him last week. Yeah, far less. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess far, far less. Ten 15? victims. Ten, 10? victims. Okay. Uh, confirmed it. from him in Kansas. I remember when that was happening. That shit was fucking crazy. I'm kind of glad I'm out of this game. This feels bad. <laughs> Brett, you've been eating up the whole time. <laughs> no, I know, but it makes me sad. Like I'm interested in it, but it like brings me down. Mm. Hey, don't blame the trivia master. I asked if anyone no, wanted to host. No, it's good stuff. This. It's just terrible. You get what you pay for. Uh, Brandon, last one. Uh, sorry, that was Brett. So this is Jordan. Um, Jordan to, to participate in the overtime. <laughs> Gary Ridgway. Gary Ridgway. The point is 10. And I still have a Wikipedia entry left. Do you want me to go ahead and read that? Yeah. Can you read it nice and slow, please, Pappy? Yep. <laughs> Truck painter Jeez. who confessed to killing. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Ridgway was a truck painter who confessed to killing blank women. Also known as the Green River Killer, he almost exclusively targeted sex workers from Seattle. Suspected of killing over blank victims, he confessed to blank, convicted of blank, and sentenced to life without parole. Mm. And what was my comparison number? Sorry. Ten. Ten, right? Those blanks would be real informative right now. They would be. I think over. You'd be correct. I have Gary Ridgway at 90 victims. Yeah, so he definitely went with unconfirmed because, yeah, but he was the most prolific killer. The other guy must have just come out of nowhere recently, the little or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Another disputed disputed (laughs) numbers. But but Corey, Corey, Josh Jordan, closest to, 
We'll go in that order. Off a website that I don't even remember what it was, how many <laughs> active serial killers are there suspected to be today? Oh, I don't want to know. In the United States. Do I go first? Yep. And for this purposes, a serial killer is someone who's killed three or more random targets and is still at large. Active serial killers. There's got to be at least nine out there. Nine. Corey says nine. Josh? One thousand. One thousand? Thousand. <laughs> Jordan? I thought for sure Josh was going to say eleven or something dumb like that. Um, I think like 200. 200. Uh, by the way, whoever wins this will get a little moment in the victory circle, and we'll get a chance to, to throw it to Spoiler Man on this cheery note. But the actual number of retail active serial killers in the United <laughs> States is... 50. Mm. 50 serial killers at large, which means, Corey, you are the closest, 11. only being off Thank 41. <laughs> One for every state, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you didn't like that game, Josh? I'm just glad the number's low. I'm glad I overshot, okay? <laughs> I feel like one of state's a lot. Like, There's got to be at least two in Indiana, probably. At but least. on that note, Corey, <laughs> there's probably at least to mean? 20 in California. But Corey, take it away. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, what can I say? I, I think that Marge Gunderson would be very disappointed in Norm if she knew the events of this movie. So just want to say that I can just see disappointed Marge, you know? Ah, oh, geez, Norm. You got blood all over our good noise. <laughs> she would have caught him. True. Good point. Uh, I don't got much else. Uh, listen to the debate that I think will be out at this time with... Uh, Pappy and my good friend Steve discussing Blade Runner. Two very opposing takes on that. That's all I got. Take it away, Spoiler Man! Throw like a star My vice If I open my eyes To take a peek To find that I was by the sea Gazing with tranquility Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. What's the story with the kid? He seems a little, like, touched or medicated. Grace, man. Yeah, what? It's a fucking Boy Scout. Brother Brian. What is that you're drinking? It's an aqua velva. I wouldn't make fun of it if you tried it. Druid King. Is this some sleazy plan to get me to go home with you? Nick. The knives I had in my car with the blood on them, that blood came from a chicken that I killed for dinner. The Meg. What? I had knives in my car that weekend. Maybe Bill saw them and called the other officer on me. Well, we'll be checking in on that. David. Good pasta, spaghetti. Nurse Stacy. Free law. Brother Ellis. Night, Mr. Graysmith. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast.
That was spoilers.